Hello, I'm Eric Anderson. I'm the host of YXE Underground, and this is a very special bonus episode of the podcast, and it features just an incredible woman named Andrea Schick. And this relates to an episode that came out a couple weeks ago about the Ronald McDonald House here in Saskatoon. And uh, Andrea is one of the voices that you will hear uh, in that episode. You'll hear a little snippet of her story uh, in the podcast. But I I really wanted to share with you uh, my conversation with her, the entire conversation, because... um, it, it's 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 quite the story. Um, it's a pretty incredible story what Andrea and her family have have been through, uh, the strength that um, they've shown as a family, her strength as well, and then her relationship with the Ronald uh, Ronald McDonald House. Um, first in Edmonton and now in Saskatoon as well. I, I just wanted to really share this conversation with you because. Um, yeah, I, 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 it certainly touched my heart, and, and I, I really wanted to share it with all you listeners. Um, Andrea lives in Regina, but she actually grew up in Saskatoon. She went to Aiden Bowman High School. Um, she's a physiotherapist, a part-time PT in Regina, and she also runs an online skincare business uh, in Regina. Uh, fun fact, she actually worked at a McDonald's in Saskatoon when she was a teenager, and you'll hear that um, in the podcast as well. Um, her, her story is... is is pretty incredible. Um, in 2017, um, Andrea uh, and her husband and their six-month-old and their two-and-a-half-year-old and their four-and-a-half-year-old son named Sebastian, um, they were quickly rushed up. They quickly rushed up to to Edmonton, and uh, and that was because Sebastian um, was was going through some some pretty traumatic health um, some health challenges. It happened really quickly. Um, she tells the the story in great detail, which which you will about to hear. Um, I think when lots of people think of Ronald Ronald McDonald House and they think of the families, um, they often think of the stories that have a happy ending and um, the organization celebrates those happy endings and and those are obviously important to celebrate. Um, but in Andrea's case, um, their son Sebastian, um, he, he died and um, their story did not have a happy ending. But um, what I find really incredible about Andrea is the fact that um, she... She is such a an um, an outspoken supporter of the organization, um, the work that it does for families, and she's doing some really great work uh, with uh, the house here in Saskatoon um, to honor those families um, whose stories do not have happy endings. And uh, she goes into detail, uh, as you'll hear in the conversation, about why that is important to her. So. Um, yeah, I, I just really want to thank Andrea for, for taking the time to do this. Uh, we connected via Zoom. Um, this is the first time I've actually done a Zoom interview. Um, usually I do, I, I always do the interviews uh, in person. So we were able to connect uh, through Zoom. And so um, I, I I hope it sounds okay. Um, Andrea, I hope it was, um, you know, a, a good experience for you. I, I'm so thankful for you for taking not only the time to, uh, to appear on the podcast, but um, for just being so so honest and open with your story. And, um, I think, uh, it's, it's going to connect with a lot of listeners. So, um, I, and, and like I say, at the end of the podcast, Andrea, I hope to meet you someday soon, uh, when it's safe. Um, so let's get to it. Um, we, we started off our conversation. I, I, I asked Andrea if she could take me back to 2017 in terms of what was happening with her family and, um, and how, how her family um, had to quickly rush up to Edmonton to, uh, to seek medical help for their son, Sebastian. We had three children, 
And our, we had a, our little youngest was only six months old at the time. And then we had a two and a half year old and a four and a half year old. And our four and a half year old, his name um, is Sebastian. And everybody was completely healthy and he became very suddenly sick overnight. And we live in Regina. So we took him into the hospital in Regina. And um, it was at that time we became sort of aware of some of the limitations we have to healthcare access in the province. Um, and that in Regina, we don't even have a pediatric intensive care unit. And overnight, as he started to become significantly more sick and they weren't sure what was going on, afterwards we found out he was going into septic shock and they had to convert the pediatric wing essentially into an intensive care unit for us. And they just closed off one half of the wing and it was just us. They were um, pretty much just taking care of our family. And within 12 hours, he went from not feeling well to he was on life support and he had gone through a couple of major surgeries in Saskatoon. Now it was during that time that they said, uh, prepare yourself, we're gonna airlift you to Saskatoon because we need the uh, PICU in Saskatoon. And so my mom lives in Saskatoon and I called her and I said, um, you know, get ready, we're coming. But then he decompensated so quickly and he went through those surgeries and, and they said, um, Saskatoon can no longer take him. He's too high demand. We have to fly him to the Stollery in Edmonton. Um, so that's how we ended up in Edmonton rather than in Saskatoon. So at that time, we didn't have the children's hospital in Saskatoon. I was completely unaware of the lack of resources that sick children had in the province at that time. Um, <clears throat> and uh, after that, it was sort of forefront of my mind that the really sick families, they were all going to Edmonton for care at the Stollery. Um, and the groundwork, the foundation had been laid for the, the Jim Patterson Children's Hospital in Saskatoon at that time. It was in process. I think it was, I can't even remember the year that it opened. It was scheduled sort of to open the following year and we became involved in them during our, our process afterwards. Um, so we ended up at the Stollery and we lived in the hospital. We had to fly, well, I flew with my baby strapped to my chest the next morning and my husband uh, packed the vehicle and he drove our two-year-old son to Edmonton. Um, and um, we lived in the hospital, myself, my husband and our baby. And they put us up in the um, medical, the, the wing where the doctors will sleep overnight and sort of the urgent um, families. So we were actually connected to the hospital for the first three weeks that we were there. Um, my sister also lives in Edmonton, so they were able to take care of our two-year-old at that time, and so he just lived with them. But we had to be in the hospital pretty much at all times because it was like a life and death situation every single day. There were days they would call us on our cell phone, we'd be sleeping, and they would, they would say, you need to come right now, and we would just throw on our sweatpants and run through the hospital. Once things stabilized a little bit um, and we felt comfortable enough to be outside of the hospital at all, that's when we transitioned to the Ronald McDonald House. So in Saskatoon, the setup is amazing. It's immediately across the street. Like it's, it's 
I think people don't realize how incredible that is to have that facility right beside the children's hospital. It's walking distance. In Edmonton, it's about a kilometer away, which is why we didn't want to, um, we didn't really want to go. We, you know, you needed transportation to get there and back. Um, and they have a shuttle that runs and everything like that. So it took us a couple of weeks until we said, yeah, we were comfortable making that uh, shift over to Ronald McDonald House. And it was at that time that um, all of us moved back in together. The baby, of course, and our two-year-old was able to come and, and stay with us again. Um, and we had we found a daycare in the area and he had to go to daycare during the day. Um, but we were able to be together as a family again because of Ronald McDonald House. I'm, I'm just trying to pick, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes in terms mm -hmm. of how, um, with everything happening and you and you've you've left everything in Regina you're up in Edmonton now um like I, were, were you able to feel like you had any sort of like sort of solid foundation or home base at all as as things went on or, or was that hard Andrew? Ronald McDonald House was that foundation for us um until we got there you know that first three to four weeks um like we had no warning at all our children are completely healthy. And so everything was just in such rapid flux that um, we just, we weren't grounded at all. And when they initially said, we think you should consider moving to Ronald McDonald House, you know, the people that are living in the residence that you're living in, that's for, you know, really urgent situations. And then the social worker would say, well, you are still really urgent, you know, we should keep you there. Um, but it just, it took some time for me to even consider moving out of the hospital. And so finally, when we went and toured Ronald McDonald House, and um, I still remember the man who met us, his name was Gil, and he had been working there for many years. And he, um, he sat down with us. And I think he recognized that our situation was very dire. Um, and um, <laughs> it wasn't until a while later that I realized that that was Ronald McDonald House was really a foundation for us. It it was a place to, um, I don't want to say relax because that's definitely not the right word for our situation, but decompress a little bit. Um, when when Gil first met us, he sat us down at the table and he said, "You look like you haven't eaten in a while," and usually they have. Um, fresh food that's made and sort of in the fridges and you can just reheat it. And at that time they didn't have anything, but he said, we have cereal. So we went and ate mini wheats <laughs> and we just kind of sat down and we didn't talk. My husband and I just kind of sat there and he said, I'm going to go and check into something. And he came back and said, we have a room for you today if you want. And, uh, and then he showed us, you know, they, they had some warning that, our situation, it was happening. They weren't sure when they were going to be ready, when we were going to be ready to move out of the hospital. And as you know, with Ronald McDonald House, you know, it's things change every single day in terms of people moving in and out. And, and, um, and so he, they got a room ready for us immediately. And um, it took about three people to move all of our stuff from this teeny little hospital room um, and like our baby's gear, right? Like we had a car seat and stroller and all of that. And we needed a crib. And um, they moved it all into Ronald McDonald House for us. And um, the staff just really, they were so careful to protect us. Um, during that situation, you know, a lot of the families that are living there, 
they're to and from hospitals and their kids are visiting at Ronald McDonald House. And, you know, it can be a, a really happy place. And for us, it, it wasn't about happiness at all. It was about survival. The, the word that stands out from what you just said is, is protect. And I, in in spending that time at the Ronald McDonald house here in Saskatoon, you, I, like, I, I got that strong sense from the staff that they're, they, they will do whatever it takes for, you know, whatever individual family, whatever they need to, Mm -hmm. to, to have, you know, to make them feel whether it is, you know, um, working with, with other families or like in your case, to feel that sense of, of, of protection. And that's really, yeah. That, and so I'm, I'm glad that you were able to experience that. How, how did you, Andrew, like, how, how did you um, see that protection? Like, how did that, how did that happen for you and your family? Hang on a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I feel like there were a few staff members who really um, tried to pay special attention to when we were in the building and when we were in the common areas. Um, As I mentioned, there's a lot of families that are there and they have their kids and uh, their kids are playing and it's happy. And we were there at Christmas time. Santa was coming. There was, um, you know, they had princess parties and they had activities. And for us, we wanted our, um, our, our two kids that were there with us, we wanted them to be able to participate in that. But for my husband and I, you know, we mentally, we were not there. Um, and so they really just went out of their way to engage our children for us. And um, when they saw, you know, that if we were sitting alone, sometimes one of them would just come and sit quietly with us and just be with us. Um, not that, not that we needed (laughs) uh, a guard from, you know, the other families, but they recognized that we were in a very different headspace. And, um, as I've had some time to reflect on it, I realized that the people that work there, you know, they're working as social workers and counselors every single day with those families, um, where they're just at times of absolute crisis. You know, some of them are there for scheduled appointments and interventions um, and they know what's coming and they can prepare in advance. And then there's other families that are there um, without any warning whatsoever. And um, they have to tailor how they're interacting with people every single day based on what they're faced with. And just that ability, like those are some incredibly special people who are able to provide those needs for families like ours. That was really that was really well said. Um, I, after my my friend Rana, who's um, the photographer for the podcast, after we were because I think we spent about three three and a half hours of that morning. We as we were walking out, we were, we were saying how it would take a special person um, to to work there. And so I'm 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 glad that you I'm glad that you said that because I think obviously it, it holds a lot of weight. Um, with what you and your family went through. Um, so then Andrea, I'm, I'm wondering then how, um, and, and however much detail you want to go into that is, is totally fine, whatever you're comfortable with, but how, how did you then and your family become in, involved with the Ronald McDonald's here in, in Saskatoon? How did that connection form? I have, um, 
a close friend who I went to high school with, who is uh, personal friends with some of the people who uh, work in, and run a Ronald McDonald house in Saskatoon. And so she connected me with them recently, um, just saying that she thinks they might want to hear our story uh, because they're looking for ways to honor not just the families who go home with their kids. You know, you see those pictures of the families holding up the big frame that says, we're going home after 117 days at Ronald McDonald House. And um, we saw that, um, you know, I follow Ronald McDonald House of Northern Alberta um, on social media. And I, I still see those, those celebratory signs. And each time I just have this, um, this guard that comes up in my heart that I remember the day that we left and there was no celebration. Um, you know, we were leaving without our son. And um, what they do for families, it's not just about that celebration, about getting those families healthy and home. I think it's the families like ours that we're not going to celebrate it, but they need recognition for what they're doing for us. And um, Ronald McDonald House in Saskatoon, they were looking for ways to help families who are grieving, who have lost their children. And so my friend Nicole put me in touch with them to say, maybe you might want to meet with Andrea. She might have some ideas. In Edmonton, they do this beautiful ceremony. Once a year, they gather the families together who have lost children. And you can submit a picture and they put a slideshow together of your children or your time at Ronald McDonald House. And um, if you want, you can get up and speak a few words. And because we don't live in Edmonton and we haven't been able to travel during that time, my sister who lives in Edmonton, she goes and she tells them about Sebastian. And they have this little ceremony. And she said every time she's astonished by the number of families that are there, that there are so many families who pass through there every year who lose a child. And it's just a, a beautiful reminder of what the house does. And in Saskatoon, they were looking for a way, something to honor those families. And so I told them about what Edmonton does. And then personally, what we do here at our house, and we have um, we have a garden in our backyard and we call it Sebastian's garden. And it's just this little corner of our backyard and all of our close family members, all of our, our close friends and family members, they gave us a plant, not a purchase plant, but one that came from their garden. And they split the plant so that half of it's in their garden and half is in our garden. So all of Sebastian's close friends and his cousins and aunts and uncles and grandmas they have a plant in our garden and um, it's a place that we go to remember him and um, so in Saskatoon they were considering you know what 
what do we want to do for those families? How can, how can we reflect that, um, the grief and the loss, but still recognize that Ronald McDonald House was a place where those families walked through that loss. And some families want to return and some families never want to go back there again. <laughs> and for me, it was a process that I felt like I had to revisit it in Edmonton. So uh, I've been back, I believe twice. Um, and I, I met Gil one of those times and I reconnected with the staff members who, um, who helped walk us through that process. And for me, it was, it was a, a time of healing. I don't use that word lightly. That's not necessarily the right word, um, but it was a, um, I felt like it was a necessary step in my process that I needed to go back there to come to any amount of peace with our time that we spent there because when we left there was, there was no peace. Thank you for telling me that. I know that's, I know it's not easy. So thank you. Um, I, 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 I love, I love the garden. Um, yeah. I, I think that's and, and the fact that that Sebastian's friends split the plants in half. That's that's, cool. That's yeah. um, that's pretty. That's that's pretty amazing. Um, if, if uh, I, you've been very gracious with your time this morning, and I and I do appreciate it. Um, I, I think the, the last question I, I have for you, Andrea, is, is um, if you know when when I when I was telling friends that you know I'd spent some time at the Ronald McDonald House and was just blown away by everything, a, a, a common response I got was, "Oh yeah, the the Ronald McDonald House. That's the big house on the on the corner near the university." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah." And so I think there's there's that recognition in terms of it's there. And I, I kind of have a sense in terms of what happens there, but, um, but I, I think, I think it would do our community well to know more about what, what is happening. So I, I'm just wondering if, if, you know, last question for you, if, if, if there's something that you would like listeners to know in terms of the, you know, the importance of the house, the significance of the house for, for families, for, for the community, what, is there anything you'd like to like people to know, Andrea? Yes, absolutely. So it's actually kind of interesting. I feel like my story is has come full circle. I worked at McDonald's for many years. Like the day I turned 16, I went out and I got a job at McDonald's what? Firehouse. Yeah. And I worked there until I was like embarrassed to be working there. I was too old to be working at McDonald's. <laughs> I think I was in my first year of university. And so I had this awareness that there was a Ronald McDonald house in Saskatoon. And literally that was as far as my knowledge went. I knew that families could stay there when their kids were sick. And like you said, it's this big house that was on that corner. And that was all I knew. And I feel like sometimes people might not want to know more because you don't want to think about families with sick kids, right? You get sort of like this immediate, not like, not a recoil, that's not the right word, but it's sort of this emotional drawing back of, 
that is the worst possible situation. And I think people are hesitant to ask too many questions because they don't wanna pry or maybe it makes them feel uncomfortable. So I had no recognition or knowledge about what it did. I wasn't aware of any of the fundraisers. Um, I didn't know how the money went from McDonald's to Ronald McDonald House. I knew they had the same name, that was it. And um, so my first time in a Ronald McDonald House was that day we stepped foot in it to live there. And um, I think it is, it's remarkable what it does, what they do for families. And since that time, I've become more aware of some of the money that is uh, how it gets there and how it's funded. And so once a year McDonald's has their, um, I don't even know what it's called. Uh, you buy a Big Mac and all of the proceeds go towards Ronald McDonald House. And so I tell all of my friends, like go to McDonald's, get your Big Mac today. <laughs> and um, they have those heart-shaped cookies at McDonald's and all of the proceeds go. So every single time I'll buy my kids some heart-shaped cookies because then I don't have to make cookies too. So it's a win-win. And you can donate your, their coin, your coins at McDonald's. And so every single time we do that. Um, and every time we drive by a McDonald's, so our youngest, she just turned four yesterday and she doesn't remember anything from, from living there. She was six months old at the time. And uh, so she'll say, is that Ronald McDonald restaurant or Ronald McDonald hotel? And that's how she differentiates between the two because our, our middle son, he would call it Ronald McDonald Hotel and that's where we lived. Um, and so it was just such a remarkable, um, it was interesting to see it through their eyes and to see as we drive past a McDonald's, <laughs> how, how they get a little bit confused about what might be happening here. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really interesting, interesting yeah. that, that I worked there and I still had no knowledge of it at that time. Um, even until, until only four years ago was be when I started becoming aware of it. Yeah. Oh, Andrea, I can't thank you enough for, for sharing your, your story. I, I know it's not the, the easiest thing to do. Um, but you, yeah, I, I really, I really admire, you know, your, you know, your, your honesty and openness and, and telling it. And, and I think, I think it it's going to show listeners a really personal side in terms of how how meaningful the work is that that Ronald McDonald houses in Saskatoon and Edmonton and all across the country and the world do for for families. So, um, Andrea, anything else that you want to mention at all before I let you go? Yeah, absolutely. So I know that right now with COVID, the situation is different, but normally they run on a lot of volunteer and donation hours and money. And so when we were living there, um, again, because it was around Christmas time, a lot of businesses, that was their Christmas outing, their, their kind of celebration is that they, that's how they would give back. And so um, the employees would come in and they would provide a meal. So um, they don't have food at McDonald's, at Ronald McDonald House, without the, the volunteer and the, the donations. 
So when we lived in, I, I believe in Saskatoon, it might be a little bit different, but when we lived in Edmonton, there was always breakfast available and there was milk and cereals and people would bring in cupcakes if you wanted to have a cupcake for breakfast. But then um, they would try to schedule people to come in to cook meals for lunch or for supper and um, organizations, volunteer groups, they would bring in a team of people and they had this big industrial kitchen and they would cook for everybody who was staying there. And so we had hot meals provided to us multiple times per week. And then whatever was left over just went into the fridges and we could reheat it as needed. So they not only were they housing us, but they were feeding us as well. And they were feeding us home cooked meals, which for a lot of people, I, I barely ate for about three straight weeks while I was there. Um, so it was providing a, a fundamental need for us, but also for a lot of people financially, this is an exhausting situation that they're living out of province or, or they're living away from their home. For us, we were living out of province. You know, you're paying your bills at home, even though you're not there. Um, and it does cost a small amount for people to stay at Ronald McDonald House. It's a very, very small considering um, but financially, this can be a devastating effect for families. So um, to have even meals provided was just really incredible. Yeah, so they really, they run on volunteer work and hours and for people to know that that is a possibility. I'm not sure, again, right now, if they're, what is available, they're probably not, I know they're not allowing other people inside the house, but they may be allowing um, donation of store-bought food. So that's something that, Eric, that is your job to investigate that. <laughs> I will, and in fact, uh, one of the, one of the, uh, the women that I, I spoke with for the, inter, uh, for the podcast is, um, she's the coordinator for volunteers, and, and she, she says how they, they are missing their volunteers so much, but yes, the, the donations and everything are, are, are still welcomed. And, uh, um, you know, she, she told some really actually that, well, they, you'll hear it in the, in the, in the episode, Andrew, like they're, everyone talks about those, especially like the, the kitchen kind of being the hub of the, of the house. And, and when you have those big groups of volunteers coming to prepare those meals, how important and the energy that would bring and, and yeah, like they're, they're missing that right now. And, and I, I didn't fully understand just how important that volunteer base was mm -hmm. to them. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, um, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it because you're right as a family, there's so many things you're thinking about. Um, yeah, to, to have hot meals there and to have leftovers there and, and breakfast in the morning. That's, mm -hmm. that must be huge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And especially because typically you'll have, um, if you're, if your child is in the hospital, um, and just staying there like us, um, that's one thing, but it, you often will have another family member, another kid staying with you, right? So, you know, our two-year-old, he ate constantly <laughs> and he needed food available to him all the time. <laughs> so it was amazing to have that, you know, whenever he said, I'm hungry, I need a snack. He just zipped down to the hub, to the kitchen. And yeah, there were people there all the time. Actually, it's really interesting. One of, one interesting memory that I have was there were some mornings I would wake up obscenely early because I, I couldn't sleep um, and I just needed to get to the hospital as soon as, as possible in the mornings and typically you know it's Ronald McDonald house there's coffee brewing all the time there's McDonald's coffee and they have McDonald's coffee makers 
And um, I remember one time I went to get coffee and there was no coffee available. And I thought, well, I've done this before. I, I, I used to make this coffee all the time when I was That's 16 right. or 21. And um, it was like this mental decompression for me. I thought I'm going to, I'm going to make coffee for the whole house. And I went and I cleaned out all the coffee makers and I wiped everything down and they have dishwashers and everything. And I just made sure everything was neat and tidy. And I made six pots of coffee because it was five in the morning and I thought people are going to start coming down for coffee and they, they need their McDonald's caffeine. <laughs> and it was just, it was a really interesting experience for me that even though I felt like emotionally and physically, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything for anybody other than for our family. And I thought I can, this is one thing that I can do is I can make coffee for people. So I'm going to do that. You're, you're a wonderful storyteller. I, I'm sure you've been told that before, but you, yeah. Um, and there's a lot, there's lots of heart in your story. So oh, thank, thank you, Andrew, so much um, for taking time out on a, on a Tuesday morning to, to, to share your experiences. I, I, I really do appreciate it. And I, and I think it's going to add so much to this episode. And I think listeners are really going to connect with it. So thank you so much. I really hope to meet you someday in person when it's safe. Thank you, Eric. I, I do. I appreciate your time as well. And I appreciate you reaching out to me. And yeah. uh, I'm hoping that in Saskatoon, if they start, um, if they, I think the intent is for them to start having something to honor those families who have lost a child and because I feel so I'm so deeply connected with our province um, that I would love to be able to go to Saskatoon and to celebrate Sebastian's life oh. there rather than having to go back to Edmonton. Since that time we've become involved with fundraising for the Jim Patterson Children's Hospital in Sebastian's name. Um, so I feel really really deeply that we need to be able to provide for our families within our province. Um, so for us, we had to go out of province to receive care, but since the Jim Pattison is up and running now, um, you know, Ronald McDonald House in Saskatoon, it's going to have more demands placed on it uh, because we can provide a higher, higher level of care here at this time. And so I just feel so deeply connected with our province and with what Saskatoon is providing. And I would love to be able to go to whatever ceremonies they have in Saskatoon, I'm going to tell them, it doesn't matter that I stayed here. You need, you need to accept me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they will welcome you with open arms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Andrew, thank you so much. And, and I, yeah, I, um, yeah, when, it, when it's safe, I, I sure look forward to meeting you. So thank, thank you, you so much. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. My thanks to Andrea Schick for appearing on the podcast, for taking time out to share her story uh, with me and, and, of course, our listeners as well. So, Andrea, thank you so much. Uh, this has been a very special bonus episode of Waxy Underground. And if you want to learn more about the Ronald McDonald House here in Saskatoon, uh, subscribe to the podcast for free. You can uh, stream episodes on Spotify or the website, waxyunderground.com, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. And... Uh, uh, 
the last episode, which came out a couple weeks ago, um, features a, a pretty in-depth look at the Ronald McDonald House here in Saskatoon. I uh, was able to speak with uh, Tammy Forrester. I should give Tammy actually a special shout-out. Tammy, thank you so much for putting me in touch with Andrea. Uh, Tammy is the uh, the CEO of Ronald McDonald House Charities in, in Saskatchewan and uh, is just an incredible person. Uh, she put me in touch with Andrea. So, Tammy, thank you very much, and to all of your team as well for, uh, for making me feel so welcomed uh, within your house. Uh, so, like I said, you can find uh, the podcast wherever you find your podcast. Uh, give us a follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. And uh, there will be a brand new episode coming out in just a few weeks uh, in May. And uh, I think it's going to be a great, great episode. Um, so thank you again for listening. Thank you, Andrea, for sharing your time and your story uh, with listeners. And uh, I hope everyone is, is doing safe and staying healthy out there. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon, Saskatoon.